Welcome to Gateway Church Cymru, a church where anyone can be transformed by the story of Jesus. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Amen. Well, this evening we are going to continue the series that we started last week. It's going to be a series that's going to run on a Sunday evening, and I'm excited for this series. This series is called Revive. It's something that's very close to my heart. I believe in revival. I believe that God is going to pour out his spirit in these last days. I'm praying for that and believing for that. And this series is all about revival. And if you weren't here last week, then you can catch up with the message on our website or on our podcast. Uh, But tonight we're going to come to part two uh, in this series of our messages on revival. And the title of this message tonight is The Focus of Revival. The focus of revival. And if you have a Bible, please can you turn to Revelation chapter 2 and verse 1 to 7. It's going to be up on the screen behind us as well, but Revelation chapter 2, verse 1 to 7. It's a passage that we read this morning, funnily enough. It's a passage that that we were based in this morning, but Revelation chapter 2, verse 1 to 7. And it says, to the angel of the church in Ephesus write, these are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand. And walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name, and you have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love that you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. For you have this in your favor. You hate the practices of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Now, as I shared last week, everybody from Nehemiah, to Ezra, from Charles Spurgeon to Billy Graham. They've all talked about revival. We've heard many messages, even within the life of this church, about revival. But what is revival? Well, revival is an awakening. It's a revitalization. It's a return to a former glory. That is what a revival is. It's a fresh awakening. It's a fresh hunger. It's a fresh passion for the Lord. And where does revival take place? Well, revival primarily starts in the church, primarily begins with the people of God in the house of God. And yes, revival, it affects non-Christians, it affects those who don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, but revival is primarily for the church. It's for the church to waken up. It's for the church to have a fresh passion, a fresh hunger for Jesus again, to know him, to serve him, to seek him, to share about him. That is what revival is. But what is the focus of revival? And that's what we're going to look at this evening. You know, we see that in revival, the Holy Spirit comes. Revival is not man-made. It is God-sent. Revival comes from God. It is when the Holy Spirit is outpoured upon the people, upon the people of God. And the Holy Spirit begins to move, and he begins to convict people of their sin. And we see, if you read stories of revival, you see that some people are held in that state of conviction, not just for a few hours, 
all through Jesus. It's, it can last for a few weeks where people are totally convicted by the Holy Spirit to get their lives right, to repent, to put their lives right before the Lord. And they become so desperate that they decide to turn to the Lord. They can't handle it anymore. They, they can't handle the, the conviction of the Lord. So they turn to the Lord. They've given a clear view of the love of God. You know, the Lord convicts us not to, to criticize us or to condemn us. He convicts us because he loves us. It's so that we would come back to him. He's a loving God. He is a good, good father, as we heard this morning. He is a loving God. And you know, when we're in revival, we see people, they are convicted in sin, but then they begin to clearly see the love of God, how much God loves them, that God loved them so much that he sent his one and only son to die for them on the cross, that whoever believes in Jesus shall not perish, but have everlasting life. At last, they see it. They see it. It goes then from being just theory it actually happens in their heart. In their heart, they know it. It's not just in their heart, in their mind. They know it in their heart that Jesus died for me. It's not just a head knowledge where we just come along to church and do things and say, "Yeah, gee, I'm a Christian." But actually, they realize Jesus died for me. He saved me. I was going to a lost eternity, but He picked me up out of the miry clay and He set me on the rock. I have a hope and a future in Him. That's what happens in revival. It becomes real to them. And you know, I say that many times, that the Christianity is not a religion, it's a relationship. It's a relationship with the living God who is alive and who is coming again. You know, before these people might have believed that, that Jesus died for them, that he went to the cross for them. People believed that, but they never felt his power for themselves. Maybe they heard it, maybe it's been passed down from generation to generation. Maybe their father and mother are Christians and their grandparents are Christians. And they say that they're Christians, but all of a sudden... In revival, God moves by his spirit and people realize, Jesus died for me. He saved me. He made a way possible. They feel his power. They're melted by his grace and by his mercy and his goodness. You know, the song of revival, which we all know, here is love, vast as the ocean. You know, that song didn't just come out of somebody, out of, the, out of the theory or just something out of the new. It came out of an experience that they had with the Lord. This is God's love. God loves me. He made a way possible for me. It becomes real to them that Jesus has given himself for them. And you know, this now becomes the thing that absorbs them. It totally consumes them. You see it in revival that individuals are totally consumed with the love of God, with the gospel, with what Jesus has done. They get consumed with our message, with our verse, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That becomes their focus. And you know, that is the focus of revival. You might say, what is the focus of revival? Jesus is the focus of revival. He is the center of it all. He is the center of the church. He is the head of the church. But Jesus is the focus in revival as well. As well. You know, whenever people meet together in revival, you hear stories. Whenever people meet together in revival, that's all they want to talk about. They don't want to, talk, want to talk about all the rubbish of the world or what's going on in their week. All they want to talk about is Jesus. Look what God has done in my life this week. Look how God saved my loved one. Look how God brought breakthrough in my situation and in my circumstance. It totally consumes them. Look what Jesus has done. Jesus has set me free. Jesus has given me a hope and a future. That's all, the center of revival. It is Jesus. He is the center of revival. He consumes everything. Our thoughts he consumes our mind. He consumes everything, our life. You know, it's no longer a difficulty or struggle to get into the word of God or to pray or to listen to a, uh, or to come to church. 
when Jesus is the center, when he is the focus, that's all we want to do is draw near to him, to seek his face, to praise him for who he is and for all that he has done. You read about it in revival. But that's all people have a desire for. They want to meet together so they can talk to one another and share the good things that God is doing. You know, and they, they might have this meeting that you hear in revival of meetings going on, not just for, for a few hours. Here are meetings going on. They might start at 6 o'clock in the evening, but they go on until the early hours in the morning. And you know, the amazing thing is nobody complains. Nobody knows any different because God is in the place. God is moving and people's hearts are being awakened because he is alive. The spirit of God is moving and he is the focus. You know, when we call to fast and pray, you know, as Pastor Rob has shared many times, you know, he says fasting is not a burden when we are so focused with Jesus. It's not a burden because when we're so caught up with him, we forget food. We forget everything else because he is all that we want. He is all that we desire. That's what happens in revival. Jesus is the focus. He is the focus of revival. And you know, that in turn then leads to having a concern about others who don't know him. You see that in revival. Once people are totally consumed with Jesus, they have a desire then. You don't know him. You don't know Jesus. Let me tell you about Jesus. You know, we wonder how, how revival spread. It's just because Jesus was the center and people were so filled up with him and so on fire for him, that's all they could do was just talk about Jesus. That's all they wanted to do was share about Jesus and their concern then turns to those who don't know him. Uh, the church begins to focus on what Jesus has ultimately called us to do, to go into all the world to preach the gospel. Our focus then shifts from, it stays on Jesus, but then we realize we want other people to have this focus as well. We want other people to know Jesus. There's this burning desire we've got to share about Jesus. We read it about it in all revivals. We're passionate. It's burning within them. Jesus and only Jesus. And they want to make him known. People want to talk about Jesus to their friends, to their loved ones, to their work colleagues, to everybody. They just want to begin share about Jesus and not only that we see in revival that when Jesus is the center people and people start having a concern for other people they begin to pray for the lost they begin to pray for the lost like never before God will you save them you hear the praise in revival it's not Lord thank you for that we can come it's nothing like that it is desperate cries it is cries that come from the heart from the depths they're saying God will you save my loved one will you move will you melt their hearts with your grace and with your mercy there's this strange urgency that has never been there before. You know, in revival, people might have come along to church. They might be Christians. They might have been in church for 30, 40 years. But all of a sudden, when, God's, when God comes, there's a new hunger. There's a new passion. There's a new desire to put Jesus first and share about him. And you know what's amazing, as we see in revival, is that when people begin to pray for the lost and share with the lost, they see the lost coming in. And they begin to focus on Jesus. They begin to surrender their lives to Jesus. And all of a sudden, then we see homes being transformed, communities being transformed, nations being transformed by the power of God. It is not by man. It is not by our might or strength. It is by God, by his spirit. And you know, that's the amazing thing in revival. We see people who were so consumed with the Lord. All of a sudden, they come in. They didn't know him. They were living in sin. But when they come into his presence, they experience that same love. When he speaks to them, when they hear that message, all of a sudden, the lights come on and they can receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. All of a sudden, 
the community is transforming. The community is alive. You know, I love your reading stories about the Welsh Revival. How, to, you know, this land was totally transformed in the matter of six months. It's absolutely incredible. And I don't know about you, but I long for that for Aberaman. I long for that for Aberdeen, for all these neighboring villages. I long for our communities, that to be the talk of the town. Jesus, Jesus, the talk of this town. Jesus being the center of it all. Jesus moving, Jesus healing, Jesus answering prayer. And you know, as I shared even last week, when God's moving, we weren't even have to advertise it. We read in the Welsh Revival that it was unbelievers who were reporting on what God was doing. And I pray for that again. God, may, may the Aberdeen leader, may those who are involved with that, may they start writing, may Wheels Online start writing about what God is doing within this valley, how he's shaking back the darkness, how the darkness is going, how Satan is on the run because God is moving. I pray for that. I know what's amazing in Revival is that people are not only converted in, in meetings when they come along to the house of God. People are converted everywhere. You see in revival, people are converted on the streets. I don't know about you, but I long for that. You know, I, maybe it's a reminder for us as a church, but Jesus doesn't just save people in church. He can save people wherever they are, wherever they are. I got saved in my bed when I was a six-year-old boy. And I thank God for that. He can save us wherever we are, whoever we are. It doesn't matter how far away we are from God. In his love, he has made a way possible that whosoever believes in him shall come and can know him as their Lord and Savior. Let's thank God for that. And we read that in revival. People who are walking out on the streets, walking past the building, they all of a sudden hear the songs, they hear the sound, they feel the presence of God, and God saves them right there on the street. You know, I even heard that story even with my great-grandfather. I heard that he got saved as well in a similar manner. You know, I'm praying for that. That as people even walk past these doors, the presence of God will be so strong that people will feel it. That the presence of God within our lives, wherever we come in contact with, you know, as it says with the believers, with the disciples in Acts chapter 3, when Peter and John, they came to that gate where we call, they said, you know, silver and gold I have not, but in the name of Jesus, rise up. I pray that we would be so filled with the Holy Spirit that his presence would be so strong within our lives that wherever we go, whoever we come in contact with, the people's lives begin to get changed. They begin to transform. If they can come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And so we see that happening in revival when Jesus is the center, when he's the focus. People were converted on their way to work. In the coal mines, people were converted. You know, it's amazing in the story of the Welsh revival. We're going to look at it in a bit more depth in a couple of weeks, but... In the story of the Welsh Revival, we see that even the animals, they didn't even recognize what was going on. The horses didn't recognize the, the coal miners because the coal miners used to swear at these horses. But now all of a sudden they were saved and they didn't even know, so they wouldn't even carry on that work. The horses wouldn't. It's amazing what God can do. God was saving in mountains, in valleys, he was saving right across this land. You know what's amazing as well as you read some stories? Some people were even awakened in the middle of the night. They'd gone to bed. Same as usual, not knowing the Lord, carrying on with their lives, never thought anything differently. But because the people of God were praying, because God's presence was there, God began to minister. And people were awakened in the middle of the night with such conviction of sin that they had to get their lives right with the Lord. They had to surrender their lives to Jesus. Nobody spoke to them, but the Spirit of God was at work. The Spirit of God was at work. He was dominating the whole area. He was filling lives. You know, we see the church was strengthened. Leaders were being raised up. The church was being built, young and old. All generations were coming to know the Lord. You know, even in the Welsh Revival, I said, you know, I'll share it again. But young people began that. A group of young people who were praying and calling upon the Lord. And Evan Roberts, a young man, 
certain you were playing at football, Tom, and they were, you know, I'd pray for that. For other young people who come along, you know, many of them, may, maybe not here this evening, some were here this morning, I'd pray for that. God, awaken our young people again. Awaken children again. You know, I believe in for that. I'm praying for that, that we would have a kids ministry. You know, uh, on a Sunday that we would see this place packed out with kids worshiping the Lord, children worshiping the Lord, young people worshiping the Lord, filled with the Spirit, moving with the power of God. I'm praying for that. And I pray we as a church would pray for that. Because they are the church, not of tomorrow, they're the church of today. And we need them today. Let's pray for that with all of our hearts. And that's what happens in revival. You know, many people think that in revival is chaos. But it's not when God is in control and the Holy Spirit's leading, it's never chaos. There is a divine order because he is in control. He is leading all things. You know, we see, unfortunately, so many revivals are so become, you know, they might start with, in God, but all of a sudden people get a look to themselves. They see how good they are and it carries on in the flesh and then it leads to disaster. And, you know, we can see many churches, many people are leave the church because of it. You know, but I pray that God would send a revival, that he would start, that he would finish, that he would lead and be in control of it all. Because the focus in revival is not a church. The focus in revival is not a, an individual person. It's not a man or a woman. The focus of revival is Jesus. He is the focus of it all. And you know, we, we, we hear in these stories of the Welsh revival like Evan Roberts, we hear these names, but ultimately God is in control. And he gets the glory. And that's what we want. You know, that's my prayer. God, you know, if God moved in this place, uh, I pray that people would come in and would not, wouldn't even know my name. But they would know the name of Jesus. That's all that matters is that Jesus is lifted up. That he is exalted. That he is the center. And the people would find him. That is my prayer. Jesus is the center of revival. He is the focus. Not a man. Not a church. Not a nation. Not a community. Jesus is the focus of revival. And so tonight, as we come to a conclusion, you know, next week, we're going to start looking at the ingredients for revival. Because as I said, I, I believe with all my heart that God is going to pour out his spirit again. But you know, that doesn't just happen because we want it to happen. There are some conditions within the word of God that the people of God, they need to get back to. As it says there in Revelation chapter 4 and 5, uh, in 5, it says, ch uh, chapter 2 verse 5, it says, consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things that you did at first. We need to get back to it. You know, unfortunately, many churches today might think that prayer is outdated. But I believe with all my heart that prayer is centered to revival. If we want to see God move again, we need to be a praying people. It is not outdated because our God hears and answers our prayers. We need to pray again. We need to get back to the word of God again. We need to have a hunger and a thirst. And maybe you've come here tonight and you don't have a hunger or a thirst for the word of God. And ask the Lord to begin to stir your heart right and spiritually. Lord, give me that desire to read your word today. And also, get in a connect group where people can help you, encourage you. That's why we have set up connect groups. It's not just to have a nice chat. It's to build one another up in the faith. Come along on a Sunday so we can encourage each other. Get alongside somebody who can help you get into the word. We need to get back to these things. We need to get back to praising and worshiping the Lord. And not just on a Sunday, not just singing a few songs, but every day coming into his presence. And worshiping him for who he is. For all that he is. That he's worthy of our praise. You know, I share that time and time again. I believe we're too quiet sometimes. We need to be a praising people who lift up. We've got so much to give thanks for. We should be, this place should be the loudest place on a Sunday. People should hear us across the streets. How loud we are giving thanks to what God has done. Not to draw attention to ourselves. But just out of an overflow of who our God is and what he has done in our lives. 
We need to get back to these things. So next week, we're going to begin to look at some ingredients for revival. But I wonder, as we come to a conclusion, I wonder tonight, is Jesus the focus of your life? Is he center of your life this evening? Yes, you're here in church. I'm not asking if you come in a church and if you build your life around church. I'm wondering tonight, is Jesus the center of your life? Is Jesus center of all things? Is he Lord over your life? You know, we want him as Savior. Many people want Jesus as Savior so they can get into heaven. But how many of us want him as Lord as well? He has come to be Lord over our lives, to lead us, to guide us. He wants to be our all in all. He wants to be the focus of our very lives. He wants us to, you know, he wants to be us to have him on our minds first thing in the morning and last thing at night. And that happens in revival. But I wonder, is Jesus the focus of our lives this evening? And you know, tonight, this is between me and God. We're not here to judge or criticize anybody. You know, we all wander away. I wander away sometimes. We, we all can all go astray and, and fall away sometimes. But tonight, we have an opportunity just to come back to Jesus, to say, Jesus, be center of my life again. I will build my life on you, Lord. Tonight is an opportunity for you to re-surrender your life to him. And maybe you've come here and you don't know Jesus. Tonight's an opportunity for you to surrender your life to him for the first time. You know, I wonder tonight, like the church in Ephesus, have we lost our first love? You know, we read in the Bible, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit. And you know, only God can awaken your heart. You know, at 16, I said, I shared this testimony before, when I was a teenager at 14, I, I wandered away. I didn't want to really know God, but at 16, I remember people were praying for me. I remember at 16, I heard the message in soul survival of what Jesus has done. And it became alive to me. Jesus became alive. He became real to me. And I realized it doesn't matter how many times people come to church or hear this message, unless God does it by his spirit. You know, we're only called to be messengers. We're called to carry the message, but it's between God and the person now. But we need to pray tonight. God, would you awaken hearts by your spirit? Begin to work in hearts, convict people, lead people to you in your love, in your goodness. That's what we need to pray for. But I wonder tonight, is Jesus your first love or have you lost your first love? Then tonight there it says in Revelation chapter 2 verse 5, repent, come back, surrender your life to him and you can know him again. You know, I believe the Lord would encourage us tonight with this verse behind me on the screen. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. As a church, I pray people would know us as a church that puts Jesus first in everything. And not just on a Sunday or on our programs, but every day of our lives as individuals, as members of this church that we would be a people who have got Jesus the center of all things. And you know, I pray, God, would you pour out your spirit so that you would be center again, awaken us, that you would be center again. So tonight, as we come to a conclusion, let's repent. Let's put Jesus first if he isn't first. And if he is, keep him in first. Keep seeking him. Don't stop. Keep coming close to him so that many other people can come to know him as well. Amen. Should we pray? Thanks again for listening to this podcast. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe. And check out our podcast channel for past episodes. For more content from Gateway and to connect with us, go to gatewaychurchcumry.co.uk. Have a great day.